Hey. Welcome. Thank Welcome you. Welcome to uh, the Now Show with Dr. Dave uh, podcast. Thanks. You know, we're really happy that you're here. Happy to be here. Thank yeah. you. It's great I mean, to be here. Yeah. So let's talk about Go for Vertical and, and how do you get started? What's the vision and how did you get started? Yeah. So this started uh, actually way back in the day here in Tucson. I started coming back to Tucson in 2010. Grew up here. That was back in the 80s. Left, live in San Francisco. Moved to Austin also. And then started coming back in 2010 and uh, was plugged into Startup Tucson, which was a uh, different organization then. There was uh, uh, less stuff going on, but um, there was uh, still a need for people to learn about software, and that's what I've done for my whole career. I've basically been an enterprise software consultant, and I've done a lot of work for startups mm -hmm. in the past. And uh, I was discovering that startups here needed to have some idea of how to approach technology. And so I had done a couple of talks uh, there, and uh, what happened was is that eventually one of the startups that was trying to uh, to make it here uh, reached out to me and and said hey we need some help um, and so I connected with them and that's the first team that I helped here so that's what really started it was that uh, there was uh, sort of a bit of a gap or need uh, in the Tucson ecosystem um, I came with all this great experience from you know uh, cities like San Francisco and Austin and I had a uh, sort of a big vested interest because I grew up here and I want Tucson yeah. to succeed, right? And so I was really happy to be able to bring all that experience back and to help that team. So that's how it all started. That was in 2015. Great. I mean, so what about the vision um, yeah. that you have currently yeah, for great your organization? Question. Sure. So uh, the vision is that uh, we have to find a path for startups to succeed in Tucson. And there are so many challenges here. So. Uh, some of those challenges include that we don't have a critical mass of engineers here like we have in other cities. We also don't have a critical mass of like business experience people like in marketing, business development, sales, that sort, uh, sorts of thing. Um, we also don't uh, have much by way of a funding pipeline. That's changing uh, now, just within the last six months to a year. But uh, so there is some high level funding. There's like institutional venture capital type funding, but it's at a very high level. We still don't have anything that bridges the gap between just, hey, we're getting this off the ground and then getting your first round of angel or institutional funding. Right. And so that's a big challenge because that's where these startups are. They're not going to start at that level where they can get uh, institutional funding. So we need to help them at that beginning phase. Um, so what I do, or what the vision of Go for Vertical is, let's bridge that gap. Let's make it possible for these teams that have great ideas, they've got uh, founders with great domain expertise and uh, deep knowledge of their industry. Uh, they've got a great business idea that's been vetted, maybe a social impact uh, reason to do something also. And they've got this fire in their belly. They're like so driven and motivated to do this. Um, if I can find people like that, then I can help them down this path. So that's what I do here. That's wonderful. Um, so you, I would think that you use some level of incubation Right. Yes. And so how many yeah. have you incubated so far? Yeah, great question. So basically it was one per year from 2015 through 2017. Uh, we weren't really officially launched as an incubator at that time. That was more of a sort of a, just a consulting kind of arrangement with teams that happened to be going to market at that time. It wasn't until I moved back to Tucson full time that I was like, you know what, I have to figure out how I'm going to do this here. And that's when Go for Vertical officially launches an incubator. So we've only been official for a year. It was in April of last year that we launched. And so since then, uh, we've had uh, two, co well, one and a half cohorts, one that completed last year, and, that one, and one that's underway right now. So there were two teams in our previous cohort. 
Uh, one of them has, uh, is uh, prepared to launch. The other is going through prototyping. And we have a new cohort that's uh, happening right now. And we have uh, basically four uh, tech startups specifically that we're helping to go to market. Because Tucson doesn't just have tech startups. We have other types of startups. There are other uh, types of startups in other industries that are also helping our current cohort, which is interesting because my main focus is on uh, technology. But in reality, to be able to uh, get technology to work, you have to think of it as a product. And yes. So we're a product incubator. So we can help all sorts of different types of companies uh, and startups. So let's talk about basic fee structures. About you know, yeah, Is there sure. some level of dilution or dilution yeah. that takes yeah. Yes. In, um, in the engagement and yes. if yes, how much? Yeah, great question. So we have a lot of different ways that we can work with companies. So one way is through uh, fees for services, mm -hmm. right? And that's a fairly uh, common model for us. Um, and the gotcha there is that you have to work with uh, funded startups. Yeah. And that's a challenge that I mentioned earlier, right? So uh, we are uh, able to do that. Thankfully, with uh, some of our startups here locally, we also work with startups out of the geographic area, which is something that's very common in Tucson, to be based in Tucson, but to work with companies or teams that are in other areas or parts of the country. Um, and so uh, that's one of the main ways. The other uh, ways that we can do it uh, are uh, through uh, having a share of future revenue, right? Yeah. So once we bring the team to market and there's a sales pipeline and there's uh, a pretty firm idea that there's going to be some cash flow from sales, then we can participate that way. And the other way, as you mentioned, is equity, and that's where the dilution of ownership comes into play. And it's not unusual for uh, incubators, uh, and just bear in mind, as an incubator, you're making a long-term commitment to yeah. these teams, right? <laughs> it doesn't mean like, hey, we're giving you office space, right? Or we're you know, going to give you some mentors that we're going to connect you with. For us, it is a, a really long-term commitment. We're going to start at the very beginning, and we're going to take you through that uh, very difficult uh, process of delivering your technology, and then going through numerous iterations, which are going to be quarter-long cycles, typically, of actually releasing it and going to market with it, and then revising and going yeah. you know, with future releases. We're talking about a minimum of a year, and probably more like two years yeah. for us to work with a team. So that's where the equity piece comes into place. Most incubators are in the 3 to 7% range. That seems to be a pretty typical amount, and we're also in that same sweet spot pretty yeah. much. Yeah, so. that, that's, that sounds, sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but what are your key principles for success? Yeah, great question. So. Uh, we want to, uh, again, focus on product. And the way you focus on creating, creating a great product is by focusing on who it's for. So if we have a startup team that's coming to us with a great idea, you can say, this sounds fantastic, but it doesn't matter uh, what uh, people think of your idea. What matters is what people think about what you put in their hands, what product you deliver to them. And the only way you're going to deliver a really successful product is if you have a laser-like focus on delivering value to those users. And so that's how we flip the equation. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, that is the path that we will follow to help these teams be successful. We'll say, great idea. Let's figure out the market. And then let's have a laser-like focus on that market to deliver the right product to them. OK, yeah, that, that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of in, in line with lean startup mm -hmm. and, and some of the, the lean Kanban, I mean, lean canvas yes. um, type of practices that people are engaged in now. True, true. Right. Yes, so for sure. How do you get members of your incubation group? Right? Yeah. How do you get the mentors or even an angel investor? I mean, yeah. how do you guide them to that path? Yeah, great question. So uh, what we focus on is once we have uh, an idea, like a matrix or a roadmap of what the users need, then we uh, put together 
a plan for a strategic prototype. So we want to be able to deliver something that's going to be production-like, but focus on just that one main key feature of their, uh, their product that has to work. It has to knock it out of the park. Uh, and if it doesn't do that, then there's no reason to build out the rest of their platform, right? So if you're doing like an e-commerce platform, you want to deliver the shopping experience because that's the most important thing uh, for those users. And if they have an amazing experience with shopping, uh, then you've done it, right? And if you haven't, uh, then there's no reason to build out order management and returns, warranties, forums, reviews, all of these ancillary features that do matter in the full site. You don't have to build them if you don't have a successful prototype. So we focus on first delivering a really strategic and hopefully successful prototype. Again, we focus so much on the users and their needs that hopefully we've really spoken to that and we're going to get a good amount of product market fit right off the uh, bat. Um, and with that in hand, we can demonstrate traction. And this is where we're beginning to move towards the idea that, hey, this is something worth funding, right? Yeah. It makes sense to move forward with this. And so that's where uh, we will accelerate the growth as much as we can, given whatever kind of resources we have. But then we'll leverage that traction and growth and try to then uh, to, uh, to attract funding for these projects. Um, we're also working actively to develop a Tucson-based funding pipeline. Uh, it's uh, something that will help us bridge that gap between the uh, sort of bootstrapping zero kind of level up to the <laughs> five, that's where we're at, really. Yeah. That's where Tucson's at. Yeah. And then to that, say, five to $10,000 prototype kind of level. And then beyond that, say, from ten to $100,000. So we're working or piloting on two different programs in partnership with Community Investment Corporation right now, um, which would and uh, cover those two sort of layers, the, say zero to $10,000 and then $10,000 to $100,000. Um, and the, the latter, the one that's uh, a little bit uh, on the upper end there, it's uh, in partnership with a company out of California mm -hmm. uh, that is interested in exploring funding in Tucson, specifically in Tucson. Um, so hopefully, uh, next time I'm on your show, I'll have some great news about Tucson's new funding pipeline. That would be wonderful. Yeah, because that's what we need. We need to have that a way for you know, credible teams that have great ideas that are executing well and that have demonstrated they can deliver a product that will really uh, you know, be able to take them to market. We want to support them. And that's something that isn't really possible now. So. Yeah. yeah so, so what about the companies? And, and this is yeah, just a little bit sure. different because sure. oftentimes we're bringing a product to market that we yeah. think customers want. Yes. But when we look yeah. at other successful organizations who have had ideas yeah. that they've brought to market that yeah. then attracted mm -hmm. customers, I mean, yeah. how do you work that in? Because it, it's really tough, right? No, no, it, it yeah. hap it's happening in our current, current cohort because yeah. we have uh, three teams that are uh, coming to the table with great ideas and we're helping them to then focus on what that product should be. And we yeah. have four teams that have come to us basically with a product and now need to figure out who it's for yeah. and how to deliver it to someone, right, to gain traction in some market. And I think it's almost the same exercise, pretty much. You still have to have that laser-like focus on, hey, there's got to be uh, some way for us to deliver value here. And so in the case of already having the product, I think it becomes maybe uh, more of a, you know, sort of typical iterative product market fit kind of thing. Hey, let's just try different stuff and see what works. But I think you can also be very strategic about it and think about where do we have the greatest possibility of a tipping point for us to get that traction that we need? Mm -hmm. Where is there already basically a market that's almost there, right? That's almost exactly at the point where they would be ready to, to pull the trigger and to buy our, or use our product. 
Um, so if you can identify where there is that sort of tipping point, or it's very close, you know, as opposed to there being a ton of friction. If you try to grow a market organically from scratch, it's almost impossible. You can't go out and start trying to build from zero and hope to get you know, 1,000 or 10,000 users on your platform. Uh, so uh, once you've got a sense of, hey, there's this you know, market that's just ready for this product and we can try to deliver it to them, you want to know about the you know, size and scale of that market. right? Because mm -hmm. does it make sense from a business standpoint for us to go after it? If there are only 500 people right, who are going to be in that sort of market for this product and it's only a, perhaps a you know, $100 product, well, yeah. those numbers don't work, right? So this is the huge reason why I think it's essential to take your idea and to focus then on the market, right? So that those so numbers that. make sense, right? So yeah. you know that, hey, yeah, there really is somebody that's going to want this, and we're going to have a sufficiently large market to be able to make this work as a startup or a, an ongoing concern. Yeah. So what has been like the greatest obstacle to success? Yeah, so I think... Uh, Tucson is our biggest obstacle <laughs> to success. <laughs> but in a way, but here's the thing. There's so many things that are great about Tucson right now. So uh, uh, when I f moved away, right, and that was in 1990, and then when I came back in 2010, uh, it didn't seem like the city had changed a lot, right? It sort of had been in neutral or first gear for a long time, uh, but improving. I mean, downtown was starting to take off, and things were starting to happen here a little bit. Um, and so... What you need, though, is you need to have, again, is that kind of critical mass where things are simply happening, right? Where you can uh, take some action and it isn't like a, a sort of like a, the hand, a sound of one hand clapping, yeah. I like to say. You know what I mean? You have to have two, two hands, hands that are clap, coming together. Yeah. And so Tucson's starting to have two hands that clap, uh, which is great. It's no longer, uh, it's a greenfield, as I like to say. It's here and it's ripe for opportunities like this, right? And for... Uh, us to have a startup ecosystem and to have an uh, economy based around technology. Um, so that's, uh, that's a great thing. I, uh, I think we just have to acknowledge that we're not at the point where uh, even cities like Austin or Phoenix have been in the past where they had a lot more going for them in terms of existing industry and yeah. things like that. So uh, but we're getting there. It's pretty exciting. I'm really excited that we had... Uh, basically two and a half or three teams that started our last cohort. We had over 10 teams that started our current cohort. So between the uh, fall and the spring, basically we wound up doubling the number of teams. And the teams that are doing our, our current co cohort are all really creditable. They're all really smart people. They're focused. They're driven. They know about the industries that they want to you know, deliver this you know, technology to. And like, what's going on here? We're getting some really great startup founders. Yeah. And so uh, we had a very similar experience also. I was uh, just recently at an event that Startup Tucson produced, which was a six-hour-long uh, deep dive for mm -hmm. uh, new companies and startups here. And they had, I think, 30 people sign up, which is a huge number uh, for that organization. I think 25 actually arrived. And of them, uh, virtually all of them were... Uh, people that were new to Startup Tucson, or new now to the new, start, the new Tucson economy, yeah. right? And I was so impressed with the people that were there. Good. So we've got this momentum now. So yeah. So the problem was where Tucson has been in the past. We're headed you know, in a new, great direction right now. We just need to keep on going there. Keep on keeping on. Keep right? on trucking. Yes, there you that's go. right. So talk to me about your greatest success to date. 
Yeah, sure. So um, the very first team I helped yeah. has turned out to be our greatest success, and it's why I knew we were onto something and we could accomplish uh, this here in Tucson. Um, I was connected with two founders, uh, two guys who came out of the university. They'd graduated, I think, three or four years prior, uh, had been very active in the Greek systems, or fraternity and sorority systems, and wanted to do an application around that community, yeah. right? And they had had a couple different ideas, but they were on, I think, their fourth iteration, uh, and they were trying to deliver a private social network for the Greek community, and I mean the one nationwide, right? Yeah. Under, not just for the university, but a national platform. And uh, they were making some good headway, but their developer quit, uh, which happens. You, yeah. know, you know, people, you know, in this case, really good guy. He was doing excellent work, but he got like a perfect job, like a dream job. And he's like, guys, I'm so sorry. I will do everything that I can to uh, help you and to make sure that you're able to transition to a new developer and all that. But in reality, it never works that way. Once yeah. you lose your development team, all that tribal knowledge, all that expertise around the architecture, everything, you know, what the system's supposed to do, it all goes away. Um, so it's kind of a dead end, unfortunately. So I connected with them right at the, that juncture. And like I said, I'd been doing these talks and other things with Startup Tucson. So they're aware of what I was uh, uh, doing. And I'm like, this is actually perfect timing because I can help you, I think, with exactly the kinds of things that we've been talking about. So I coached them for 20 hours. Yeah. And that focused, again, on delivering the exact right product mm -hmm. to those users, that community of sorority and fraternity members. Uh, they worked on the requirements and specifications through what we call vertical, right? That's mm -hmm. our process, so hence our you know, name, Go for Vertical, right? Yeah. Um, and so uh, they put in a ton of legwork around discovery, around mm -hmm. planning of what had to be delivered. It took them over 100 hours, like between 100 and 120 hours. But once they were done, they had the blueprint and roadmap they needed to be able to deliver their, their product, their tech platform. So they uh, did a great job of finding an offshore team. Uh, Tucson, again, doesn't have a lot of local development yeah, talent. So, yeah. And plus, they were basically self-funded. They had some friends and fam family funding, uh, but they didn't have a big wad of cash to go and spend. Um, so they uh, wound up finding a team in Morocco, of all places. And so they hired them for 400 hours, roughly, of work at around $20 per hour. Yeah, so yeah. for $8,000, they launched an Instagram clone that was specific for the fraternity and sorority systems yeah. in the US. Um, and they uh, had an amazing uh, go-to-market strategy or user acquisition strategy. This is kind of before the era of the you know, social media influencers, but they lined up a, a huge team, like 150 uh, influencers who are already in the fraternity and sorority uh, domain yeah. on Instagram. And they all volunteered, basically, to help them launch the platform. So as soon as they went live with this uh, first release, they started getting all this promotion. And so within the first month, they scaled to like 7,000 users. Uh, they tweaked their user acquisition strategy a little bit to make it a little less friction, you yeah. know, to have a little less friction. And so within three months, I believe they were up to, I think, 60 or 70,000 users. And then over the course of a year and a half, they made it up to about 330,000 users on their platform which represents 50% of the total community of undergraduate uh, fraternity and sorority members. Nice. So yeah, so they scaled that way that you wanted, you hear about that hockey stick kind yeah. of thing. In fact, the whole thing was kind of like the Cinderella story for a startup. You have two founders who are just you know, fresh out of college, have a great idea. They launch on a shoestring. They get amazing traction around users. Uh, further, the rest of the story is they then got into an incubator in Austin, the premier one there called Capital Factory. Mm -hmm. and 
uh, they were acquired by another company. So yeah. they actually went through that whole cycle. The whole cycle of, and had an exit. Yeah, had yeah. an exit. And that was the very first team that uh, I wound up helping here. Uh, I'm like, okay, this is great. This is amazing, actually. And I can only take credit, by the way, for helping them through getting to that product roadmap. And yeah. helping them to have that so they could deliver the right product. But that's such an essential first step. Well, it's essential, right? To, to yeah. be able to get to a place where, you know, we do understand our customers. Yeah. Yes. Here's our product roadmap. Yeah. Here's how we exit. Exactly. You know, you understand yeah. segmentation, channels. Ex that's it, exactly. All of the, the, the critical elements that you need to create a product and bring to market. Exactly, yes. And those guys work so hard. They had so much focus and drive around all of those areas that yeah. you just mentioned. And uh, of course, I help them with the technology or the product piece, yeah. which is an absolute essential first step. And we need to have more of those first steps here in Tucson. So oh. that's what that's what we do. That's understandable. That's great. So in terms of people connecting with you, trying yeah. to reach out to you for sure. help. Right. <laughs> help me add. Help, help, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So our website is goforvertical.com. We're at Go for Vertical and social media as well. And just reach out to us. Yeah, we're happy to talk with people. Uh, basically, I am a firm believer in saying yes. Uh, so if you uh, reach out to me or approach me, I'm going to say yes, and we're going to figure out some way that I can engage or talk with you or help you in some way, um, because th that is something else that Tucson needs. We yeah. need more community building, more people who are engaged and willing to put uh, some effort into uh, that, and so I'm 100% behind that. So if people reach out to me, I'll definitely uh, connect with them. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the thank Nalshir you. for Dr. Dave uh, podcast. Thank you. you. Know, I know we've been talking for a while. Yeah. I know. I want to keep us having these conversations Absolutely. as we go forward. Well, thank you. Thank you. Hello, this is Dr. Dave Cornelius again. Thank you for listening. We hope you were able to add to your awesomeness journey with this learning experience to obtain new knowledge. We are grateful to those who support us. We would like to thank our sponsor, Nalshare for the continued support for this podcast. Visit www.nalshare.org to achieve your awesomeness through agile coaching and training, digital transformation strategy, agile organization development, lean business startup, and diversity, equity, and inclusion coaching. Nalshare.org also provides online workshops for PDUs and SEUs to help you maintain your existing professional development certification and achieve new ones. We support lean thinking and agile life skills education through the Five Saturdays Agile Education Program. Visit www.the5saturdays.org to donate your time, money, and knowledge. That's www.5saturdays.org. Check out Dr. Dave's latest book, Prayers to My Abba Father God, on Amazon.com, a focus on prayer to enable spiritual growth. You will also find his books, Elastic Minds, What Are You Thinking? and Transforming Your Leadership Character, The Lean Thinking and Agility Way, on Amazon.com. Look for the Nalshare with Dr. Day podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. The Nalshare with Dr. Day podcast is streamed on grokshare.com. If you have any questions for Dr. Dave, 
reach out on Twitter at Dr. Cornelius Info or at Nalshare. Copyright 2019 Nalshare. Until next time, find your awesomeness. Mm -hmm.